Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for the privilege and the opportunity you bless us with to be here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the word tonight, Lord, you placed on our heart. I just thank you for the privilege, Lord, you bless us just to hold a copy in our hands. I would ask you, God, if it be your will, that you would bless and meet the needs of each and every one of these as your people. I thank you, Lord, for answering prayer in our lives, Lord, this day and every day. Lord, we're a people that you bless our blessings. We're a people, God, that today you're sometimes ungrateful for the simple things. Lord, I ask your forgiveness of my heart. I pray, God, for the sick and the shut-in. I pray, Lord God, tonight for those that are in the hospital, those that are in facilities, God, tonight where they're not able to get out of the bed. And I would just ask you, God, if it be your will, that you would just minister to the hearts and the minds and the souls of these, your people. Thank you, Lord, again for answering prayer. Thank you, Lord, for carrying us through this part of our day. Thank you for keeping your hands upon us while we rested last night and the hours ahead, Lord, before we lay our head back on the pillow. I would pray, God, that you may be praised. Lead, God, and direct each of us today, God, to lift and glorify your name. Lord, it's my deepest prayer, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, it'll be in Matthew chapter 4. Very familiar verses. Been trying for the last several months to stay in some very foundational verses. All of you probably have heard these verses many times. And just like the Lord had shared with me this morning as I prayed over a message for tonight, the Word of God is just like God. It's unchanging. It's always able to penetrate sometimes even our hard hearts. Sometimes it seems to scream at us because so many times the noises of the world get in our way and keep us from being able to hear from God. What I want to talk to you tonight about is the temptations that Jesus met in His earthly existence. The temptations that Jesus met in His earthly ministry. Chapter 4 of Matthew speaks completely all through verse 11, from 1 to 11, I'm going to share with you. But it speaks of the temptations that was placed upon him by Satan, by the devil. Uh, Every day in our lives, every one of us deal with Satan. Every one of us do. Sometimes you may see Satan. Uh, Sometimes you may hear Satan, see those that are able to be used by Satan. There's always an opportunity for Satan many times to reach his hand in and manipulate each of our lives. And I say each, I'm speaking of every, every one of us in this place tonight, can and have been used by the enemy before in someone else's life. Amen? Look at verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered. It says in verse 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, 
If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. In verse 4, But he answered and said, being Christ, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Clearly, verse 6 speaks of the opportunity for God to protect his beloved son. Satan was tempting Christ that if you would fall or try to fall or fall off of this high place being this temple, your father will not let you even bruise your heel. He will not allow you to be harmed. But you see, Satan was deceiving or attempting to deceive Christ with this lie. If you'll notice one thing about every one of these verses that Satan speaks to Christ, it's always about a half-truth. Have you noticed that? Part of what Satan says is true, and part of what Satan says is not true. But you see, only the one, only the man or woman or child of God can discern that difference. And there's only one place to find the truth, and that's in the Word of God. Continuing to look, he says in verse number 7, Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 8, Again the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. You see, if we look at verse 8 and verse 9, they're a pair. They're a combination of Satan's offer of what he would give the Son of God if he would bow and worship Him instead of His Father. You know, it shows us in this verse 9 how much Satan is bold where he would ask even the Son of the living God to bow and worship Him instead of His heavenly Father. You know, I remember the first time when I was a young child and read these verses and heard these verses preached, the first thing I thought about was, how can Satan be so blazing and so carnal that he would speak to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and ask Him to do these things and knowing that He is the only one that has ever walked on the face of this earth that knew the truth and was spotless and was blameless. And yet, even Satan tempted Him. So I say this, why would we expect not to be tempted in ourselves? Each and every one of us are tempted, as I said, each day. Satan can use us. Satan can manipulate us. Satan can cause us to speak and say things and do things that are not of God. God receives no blessing from a curse. God has no part in sin. Sin will never enter into heaven, neither will the sinner. Amen? Amen. So if we continue to read, 
And understand, in verse 10, it says, Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. In other words, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thou God, and him only shalt thou serve. Jesus again, speaking back to Satan and giving Satan the truth where Satan had given only part of the truth. You see, if you notice, everything that Satan is offering to Jesus, it's all materialistic. Did you notice that so far? It's all things you can touch. Do we really realize, and obviously Satan is not that naive that he would not know that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. You see, he was not only playing on his emotions, he was also playing on his thoughts about how brazen Satan was and how powerful Satan felt that he is even as he stood face to face with the Son of God. You know, every time I read through these verses, it causes me to tremble because of the audacity that Satan has to speak to my Lord in such a manner. That he would call him to do things, he would ask him to uh, receive things that Jesus knows as the Son of God, as God in flesh, God incarnate, knows that it's wrong. Satan truly was speaking to God and speaking to the Son, Jesus Christ. And was willing to continue to badger, continue to submit to him these opportunities for him to sin. Now, if there's one temptation, probably the closest temptation that Jesus ever had to fallen under was when he was on the cross. You see, I say that because I said almost. Because you see, even with the weight of your sins and my sins, He still did not fall under. Praise the name of God. He still had the strength to stand strong and stand in truth and stand in the power of His heavenly Father. In verse 11... These verses are never complete without verse 11 being read. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came, and they ministered unto him, being the Son of God. And they ministered unto him. The devil left. That's something that I can promise you the devil will never do as long as you're drawing human breath. Amen? He will never leave you. He'll be relentless until your last Breath. I had a man one night working as I was at the hospital as a chaplain that told me that all his life he was a preacher. And he said, all my life, my wife and myself and my three children, he had two girls and a boy. He said he had pastored the same church for close to 73 years. He said, all this time I had done funerals and I have done weddings and I have been to the bedside of those that are sick and shut in. I have done all these things and me and my wife and my daughters and my son, we have all done our very best to serve the Lord God with our whole heart. He said, have I failed? He said, if I told you I've never failed, I would not be telling you a truth. 
And I believe the way this man was so soft-spoken and so truthful in the words that he said, beloved, that without any question at all, this man truly was a man of God. About every word that he spoke, he was quoting Scripture. And about every time he quoted Scripture, he'd always look up on here on his deathbed, just a few hours from passing on, he'd look up and say, God, I want you to forgive me for that also. And you see, what was happening, beloved, things were coming up in his mind as he laid there and in his spirit. And he was asking God as they come up into his mind and come up into his spirit to forgive them as they surfaced. You know, there is no greater lesson that could have been taught anywhere in my life and ministry than standing beside this precious old man's bed with his wife and his children standing there, and grandchildren, as he would sit there and be talking and said, you'll have to give me just one minute. I believe the Lord wants to tell me something. And he would pause and he would get quiet and we'd get quiet in the room. And while he was listening to the Lord, we would hold hands around his bedside and we would be praying silently. And that went on for almost six hours. And then sometimes, shortly before midnight, a few minutes to midnight, he drew his last breath on this earth. And I remember that precious old man of God, that preacher for some 70 years, I remember him raising his hand up and he told his wife, he said, Honey, I love you, but i got to go now. And he raised his hand and reached for hers and his hand fell right onto the bed. And he was gone. She went over to him and hugged his neck. He's already gone. She shed not a tear. The children walked up to their father. They put their arms around his empty vessel. And they hugged their father. And they all said to one another and said to me, It has truly been good to know that we have lived our life and our father has served the Lord completely. And you know, some things, as in this truth that I share with you out of real life examples, beloved, is some things that people never, ever, ever get to witness. I ask God almost every day, Father, why is it? Why is it that you'll show me such marvelous testimonies, not in always what people say, but in how people live their lives? You see, beloved, in your life and mine, the greatest testimony we can ever share is not what I speak to you or you speak to me, but in how we live our life as an example of that of Jesus Christ. Amen. Got nothing at all to do with how much possessions we have or, or what we own or the, the fine clothes we wear or the shoes or the hat or whatever we do. It's all about what God has done and continues to do until we draw our last breath on this earth, in this earthly body, in this earthen vessel. Satan tempted Christ multiple times in this Scripture I share with you tonight. And not once of those times was he ever tempted beyond acceptance. He never accepted what was offered unto him because he knew who was providing the offer, which was Satan himself. You know, if there's one thing that Satan has in his toolbox that I see him use in my life and the lives of so many others every day, 
is Satan takes and sugarcoats and Satan takes and covers over and makes warm and fuzzy things out of things that are light and dark and as hard as a piece of coal. So that we'll think everything is okay. And we'll think that what has happened is good the way it is. And the way maybe even God would have it to be sometimes. He deceives us that much in our mind. That's why I want to warn you and I want to caution you tonight. According to the Word of God, just as Satan tempted Jesus, beloved, we will each day of our life be tempted by Satan. You see, He's relentless. He continues to beat us even when we're down. You know, there's nothing that breaks my heart anymore than to be working at the hospital or be at the bedside of someone that's nearing the end of life and they're being racked with cancer or, or dementia or Alzheimer's or some other type of disease in their body. And they're just crying out with pain even though they've been given morphine and several other strong drugs for the pain. And they're still wrenched with pain. And Satan continues to kick them down even while they're in that state of their body. You see, what I want you to know tonight is that Satan doesn't care about you. He could care less about whether you're successful. He could care less whether you ever drew another breath. He just wants to be sure that what He causes you is turmoil and He causes you is heartache and what He causes you is strife and what He causes you is pain in your heart and your life. You see, Satan wants to destroy you. And you know, there's no greater way to destroy anyone than to start within their own hearts. Would you agree? causing our hearts to be hardened, causing our hearts to be uh, changed, if you will, from what we know is right. You know, I remember people, my grandmother asking me one time when I spent a Saturday afternoon with her, I had went out in her backyard. It was in December. It was not too many weeks from Christmas. And I remember in her backyard, and my grandmother had coal brought in because she had a coal-burning stove there in the middle of her, middle of her house where she, where she lived. Big old house, ten foot ceilings, you know what I'm talking about, some of you probably. But my grandmother was so cold natured, she was always cold. The room had to seem like be eighty degrees before she was ever warm. And I'd go outside and I'd take a mallet and I'd break up big chunks of coal and make little chunks of coal out of them. And I'd fill them in a what she called her coal bucket, and I'd bring it 50 pounds at a time into the house so she'd have coal in her room there so she wouldn't have to go outside and go gather up coal. And I did that every weekend for her, every weekend I possibly could. And I don't tell you that because I did something good. I tell you that because I enjoyed the precious time I had to spend with my precious grandmother, my dad's mom. And, you know, we'd get through with the coal and she'd make me up a pan of biscuits with some molasses and some cheese And you know, everything I've just described to you, all she made with her hands. And she would make me a big biscuit and she'd sit down. She said, now sit down and let's do what you came for. Let's sit down and talk. And I knew when she said that, the next thing I'd see her pull out of the side of her chair, beloved, was her Bible. And we sat down there and she told me this. She said, Billy, she said, every one of my grandchildren I pray for several times every day. 
And she said, I know when you were a young man that God saved you. I know that because God told me that very day that God was saving you and you had been saved. And then you come to my house that night and told me with your mom and dad when you were a young child that God had saved you. And I have never stopped rejoicing. But she said, Billy, you're getting old enough now. You can drive and you can do these other things. I must have been about 17 maybe. And she said, you need to help me do something that I don't know that I've ever asked any one of you to do before. You need to help me pray for our family. You need to help me pray for your brothers. You need me to pray for several that you know as your friends. She said, Billy, we need to pray for your mother and your father. Billy, we need to pray for your cousins and your aunts and your uncles. And my grandmother, bless her heart, she opened her Bible up and she shared with me a few verses. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He, being God, shall direct your paths. You know, if there's one thing that I've never forgot was that one verse because the way my grandmother said it with tears in her eyes and her hands trembling as she held mine, she said, only God's going to ever carry each of us through this valley of life. Amen. One day, she said, and she'd raise her little hand up, one day, I'll see Him again. One day, I'll see Him as He is, she would say. And she said, you know what would be the biggest heartache I would ever have in heaven would be knowing that one of you children did not make it into heaven. And I'll leave you tonight, beloved, with what my grandmother left me with. I don't know of anything that would break my heart any more than to know one day in heaven, I look around and I search and I seek after all the people that I've met in my life whether it be here or anywhere else I may have been. And I look for their faces. May not remember their names, but I'm looking for their faces. And I look and I look and I look and I never see them. Just to know that they didn't make it. And you see, that would break my heart completely. Because of knowing that every one of you in this place tonight have heard the Word of God preached and proclaimed to you in truth many, many, many times over many, many, many years. So I leave you with a sharp question. What are you doing today with your life? Are you able to serve God with your life and your heart? Do you have peace upon your heart and your life today? Or is that something all you're doing is play in church and one day you know you're going to stand before God and He's going to look at you and He's going to make a judgment upon you and He's going to cast you out of the portals of heaven. Mm-mm. And you'll be damned into a lake of fire. None of you can ever come run to me or run to anyone that's ever shared the truth with you and say, but God, I've never heard it before because I'll promise you my name will be brought forth from the words of God that you heard it here in this place tonight. So many times I find people this day and time are trying to ride the fence of salvation. 
And beloved, I want you to be clear tonight in understanding what the Word of God clearly says. There is no halfway. There's only two roads. Jesus says that I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life and no one cometh unto the Father except by me. You see, the Bible speaks of two roads. You see, there's a wide road, a long, wide road that leads to destruction. You see, that's the road the sinner walks. And there's another road. The Word says that's narrow. And it says also that few will find it. I pray tonight, beloved, with all of my heart as I pray daily for each one of your souls, please be sure that if not, you know without any question, without any doubt, without any hesitation, as we bow our heads and prepare to pray and have invitation and close, that you are prepared to walk and you are walking down that narrow path. And that one day when you see the Lord God face to face and He looks at you and the book of life is opened, that your name will be written upon the pages. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, Lord, we're grateful and we're so thankful for the privilege that you have blessed each of us tonight with. We're thankful, God, for the privilege that you give us to just hold a copy of your word in our hand. But most of all, God, we're thankful tonight that you allow us to bear the temptation that is placed upon us each day, just as Christ was tempted by Satan. I would ask you, God, tonight, if it be your will, to reach out amongst these, your people. You would touch and you would bless them, God. You would draw them unto you, God, and let them feel the ever-working, ever-present hand of a loving and a mighty and a righteous and a saving God before it's everlasting too late. Bless those tonight, God, that may have known you but are backslidden. God, draw them unto you and to salvation. God, bring them back, Father, into the fold is my deepest prayer. Oh God, I pray also tonight, Father, surely for the ones that are walking with you, that are trusting you, God, with their life this day and each day, and have been with you, Father, and known you, and have called upon you for many years of their life. Oh God, bless them, I pray. And allow them, God, just as you do ourselves, to be instruments, God, in your hands to glorify your precious and holy name. Thank you, Lord, tonight for loving us. Thank you, Father God, tonight for saving our souls from hell. And we give you praise and glory, God, for all things. For we ask all in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. 
That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.